For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. Do you ever see blockbuster trades in your fantasy sports leagues and wonder, how the heck did he pull that off? Do you get so jealous that you make accusations of collusion or league imbalance just because you were not a part of the action? If so, you're in the right place. In this episode, I'm going to show you how to make a fantasy sports trade. Welcome to Game Pick Fantasy. I am your host, Robin Marks. You can connect with me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Game Pick Podcast. If it's your first time here and you love fantasy sports, please consider subscribing on all platforms. Okay, so how to make a fantasy trade. I want to start by just saying this is not just for basketball. This can work for all sports. This can work for fantasy baseball. This can work for fantasy football. Right on down the line. So don't feel like this is just for NBA fantasy. This could work across all sports. So the first thing you want to do when you're thinking about making a trade is identifying your needs. So too often people make trades just to be making trades. And I get it. Trading in fantasy sports is the best part. It's honestly the best part of the game. So I understand that. However, you don't want to do it just because, because you could possibly, you know, compromise the, the integrity of your roster. So what I would do is find out where you need improvement on your roster. If you're in a points league, maybe you have too many centers and, and you don't have enough wings. And maybe, you know, if you're in a categories league, you're getting hammered uh, in rebounds in the rebounding category every week and you're crushing your opponents in scoring. Maybe you need to kind of balance that out a little bit. So take a look at your roster and figure out where the needs are before you go sending any offers out. The next thing you want to do is really take a look at what are you willing to pay? When I go to buy um, sports cards, for example. So for me, I'm a sports card collector, hobbyist, um, investor, trader. I love sports cards. But when I go to buy sports cards, I know how much I want to pay for that particular sports card. So I won't go into an auction bidding for a Joe Burrow rookie card or a John Morant rookie card, uh, knowing that I wanted to spend, say, 100 bucks. And once it gets to $150, $175, I'm still bidding. I know when to like put my cards down and say, you know what, I'm out, you know? And I think that far too often in trades, because in fantasy, you want certain players. So I get it. People, you know, people just offer the entire farm sometimes, you know, uh, and I think for fantasy owners, it's important for us to set those boundaries before we get into negotiations. So you know what your budget is, you know how much you're willing to spend, just like we do with sports cards, just like we do when we're going to buy a new vehicle, whatever it is, a house, you want to know how much your budget is. The next thing you want to do is focus on who 
do you want to target? You know, you don't just want to start making trades based on the names. Like, okay, I want Giannis, I want Jokic. No, 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 no. Take a look carefully, carefully at each of your opponent's roster. Look at everyone in the league. Look at the top people. Look at the bottom people. People who won't be willing to make the trade and some people who trade frequently. Analyze their roster and figure out who on their team would be a good fit for you, but also maybe someone on their team that doesn't work for their roster. Suppose they have three or four centers uh, and they have like Jokic and they also have uh, DeAndre Ayton and then they also have Rashawn Holmes. They have a bunch of like quality centers, but they're lacking in the guard area. You know what I mean? Maybe they need more guards. What I would do is encourage you to look at that team and say, hey, maybe I could grab that center off of him if I offer him a guard. But you have to analyze their rosters to do that. So what I would recommend is take a deep dive and get a pen and paper and jot down the players you want to target. Now that you've done your research, you've identified what you need and also some of the teams that have the players that you're interested in, what I want you to do now is send fair but low offers and DM simultaneously. Now, what do I mean? What you want to do is don't offer the entire farm at first. If you know the most you're willing to pay is Joel Embiid for the Joker, for example, what I would do is I would not send Joel Embiid first. I would send two lower tier uh, players. I would send like Tyrese Maxey and maybe a Jordan Poole, a two for one for the Joker. You know he's not going to accept that offer. We we know he's not going to accept that offer. The joke is a top player in fantasy. However, it's just to open the conversation. So never show all of your cards on the first interaction. The first trade offer you send to that particular owner is your initial introduction to negotiations. Now, why I recommend DM sending a DM simultaneously is because that's how you actually start the conversation. Once they respond, you got them. They're on the hook. It's like in a hostage negotiation, right? They always say, keep them talking, keep them on the phone. It's super important that you get some kind of interaction. Now, I would say if you have a, uh, an owner who rejects your, rejects your offer, if they reject your offer, that's good. That's actually good because that's a form of communication. So even if they don't respond to your DMs, but if they're like rejecting your trades, then that's a form of communication and you still have them on the hook because they saw it and they, and they took action to say, I'm negotiating. I don't want that offer. If they don't counter and you know, that's, that, that's neither here nor there, but if they decline the trade, the trade, that is good news. Ninja trick, send them a text. Many of us are in leagues with our friends, coworkers. Some of us don't take the fantasy relationship beyond the ESPN's Yahoo sleeper platforms. I would strongly encourage you to text your league mates when you're offering trades. It's very important. If they decline the trade or they're in communication with you via text or DM, now you got them on the hook, but you want to make sure you're saying the right thing. So what I would recommend is encourage counters and identify your trade partner's interests or needs. It's as simple as this. Ask them what they want. What I typically say is, if you had, if you could pick any player on my, on my roster, who would you want and why? And let them kind of have the conversation. It might be a player you're not willing to move, but you want to make sure that you actually start that conversation. If, in fact, 
they they say the name of a player, like let's say back to our Joel Embiid example, if you know you're willing to move Joel Embiid and they mention him, I would kind of play hard to get. If the player you are interested in is someone like the Joker, I would say, yeah, I, I couldn't give you Embiid. I wouldn't even give you Embiid for the Joker. So now you're bluffing a little bit. So they're like, you wouldn't even trade me Embiid for the Joker. Now I wouldn't do that because I think he's going to like totally take off this year and, and the Joker is kind of declining. Even if you know it's bull, try to throw off your trade partner. Now he's thinking like, man, I might, I, I want Embiid, you know, but he's not willing to give it up. People have FOMO, fear of missing out. If you can build up the hype around the player that you're willing to move, I guarantee you, you have a better chance of actually at, of actually executing that trade. Now that you're negotiating, you're, you're getting them to counter, what you want to do is send inflating multiplayer offers. Now, this is where it gets really, really good. This is something that I don't see enough uh, fantasy managers doing. They often send like a one-for-one -one trade, a two-for-two -two trade, a three-for-three -three trade, which is fine. What I'm going to recommend is you send inflating offers. So start with a two for one. If he declines and doesn't counter, send him a three for one. Whoa, that looks like a lot. And then if he, if he declines that, send him a four for two and so on. And what you're going to do is while you're sending those offers, if in fact you get stuck at, let's say you go as high as like a five for three, which is a little crazy. I wouldn't recommend trading more than three players at a time. But if you did have a big blockbuster trade like that, I would recommend just kind of moving the players out and then cycling back at the beginning. So if you started with a two for one and moved all the way up to like a five for three, then start over at another two for one and just change the, 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 the complimentary players. Once you get, once you start sending those, um, those inflating multiplayer offers, don't stop. Keep them on the phone. Don't stop sending them messages. Don't stop sending them texts. People might go dark for 30 minutes, send them a question mark, keep nudging them, keep making offers until he or she accepts a deal or they say they don't want a deal. If in fact you, you, you keep doing that, I promise you that you will get an answer, but you got to just be real. Hey, do you guys want to do a deal? Do you want to make this trade today or not? You know, and just keep throwing offers at them. Just to recap some of those tips, make sure you always start low and build up. Never share the number one player that you want to move in a deal. Also, those big players that you know you're willing to move that are in your budget, save them for the end. So if you could send a few two-for-ones, a few three-for-ones to see if you could get some value and get the player you want for a cheaper price, do that first and then bring out the big guns later on. And like I said, just like a, a hostage negotiation, keep them talking, keep them on the phone. And remember, getting a rejection or a decline trade is actually a form of communication and you still got them on the hook. So I wanted to make sure to give you an example of a trade so you can kind of see my thinking around it and how I've executed some amazing trades, not just in redraft leagues, but also in dynasty leagues. In Luka Doncic's, uh, in Luka Doncic's uh, rookie year, I believe. In his rookie year, I saw the potential and I threw a two-for-one that included DeMar DeRozan and another substantial player, someone like Porzingis. And at the time, it seemed like an amazing deal. The next year, Luka Doncic went completely nuclear and, and became the player he is today. With that said, these strategies will work in your dynasty leagues. They will work in your redraft leagues. And again, they'll also work 
in other sports. So here's the example. Suppose I want to move one of my bigs. I have Embiid and I have another strong big, um, but I want to go ahead and get some three-point shooting, some assist, and also some, you know, some defensive wing play. So I, I'm looking at a two-for-one. I want Ingram and Garland. At the time of recording this, Garland and Ingram are super valuable, and I think this is a pretty fair trade. So consider this being us further down in the negotiations. I've already sent them something like DeMar DeRozan for Garland and Ingram, and they didn't accept, and now I'm offering some of my big guns. So this is how we do those um, inflating multiplayer deals. So once I send Embiid for Garland and Ingram, they decline. They say, you know what? I, I, that's not fair. Embiid is a, a health risk. He's going to get injured. I don't want any part of that. So what I do is I'm going to throw them a two for two. I'm going to throw in a throwaway, someone like Dan Gafford. I, I, he's not a valuable player, but sometimes people might see him having a hot streak and say, hey, that might be interesting. This owner that I'm dealing with wants no part of it. So what I do is I throw another kind of bum player, a waiver wire guy. I'm going to send a three for two for uh, Embiid, Gafford, and Jayshon Tate for Garland and Ingram. He still doesn't bite. Now this is where it gets interesting. I'm going to up, I'm going to up the entire deal, and I'm going to go ahead and throw in Maxi with those three. So Embiid, Gafford, Tate, and Maxi. I sneak in Halliburton. Now, this is a horrible deal for my trade partner. However, sometimes when you have those compounding deals building, they were maybe on the fence because they want Embiid. I've, if, if I did my homework correctly, I've already identified that this owner wants Joel Embiid. So what I need to do is find a way to get them to come off of the players that I want. And really, it's by showing this quantity method. There's a high number of players involved. And once I threw in Maxi, it put in another substantially, you know, talented player. So once I do that, this guy is either going to take it or leave it. I personally wouldn't take it, but this is an example of how you could convince your trade partner to make a deal by using that inflating multiplayer method. Now, if that didn't work, this is what I would offer as my last offer. He didn't want it. So I went ahead and added a Mo Bamba. So now you can see I have three kind of waiver wire level players, which is Gafford, Tate, and, ba and Mo Bamba, and then two legitimate players. These three players, Gafford, Tate, and Bamba, I would be okay with dropping them. Maybe not Bamba. He might be on the cusp of being a, a guy you want on your roster, but Gafford and Tate are clearly waiver wire guys. But again, when, some, when someone sees, whoa, five players with Embiid in there, their mind is telling them that they're getting a value. And that FOMO, that fear of missing out, like I said earlier, will eventually kick in. And I'm sure that someone would take this trade. So once they accept the trade, make sure you celebrate. Make sure you drop a comment on this video. And make sure you like and share with your friends. Because it's really important that in this community, we stick together. Fantasy basketball is not as popular as fantasy football. We all know that. However, for me as an NBA fan, it is my jam. So after you get your trade accepted, make sure you come back and support the channel. And if you want to be a part of our Discord community, please visit taplink.cc slash podcast. And don't forget, play the waivers, set your lineups, and follow Game Pick, you freaking fantasy nerds. <laughs>